Yeah, Betty White outlived her. Yeah, and by the way, I made this joke with a friend earlier. Like, seriously, Betty White, of all people, managed to make it to 99. I made the joke that uh, she must have, like, while they were on the set of Golden Girls, performed some kind of ritual to pour everyone's life force into Betty White. Well, you see, it's quite simple. Betty White has always remained an eligible bachelorette. She has stayed youthful by having sex with virgin men. Isn't wasn't that the whole thing behind the Super Adventure Club in South Park? Well, they did it with an illegal group of people, but yeah, they did it with very much a group of horrible people. Let's not get in an amble about. Because unfortunately, the National Marlon Brando Lookalike Association has chosen to not sponsor this content. Neither of us look like Marlon Brando, but okay. That's fair. That was kind of their response when I emailed them about them. Yeah. But then again, why was Mephesto in there? Because it's South Park. I mean, I guess they needed a sponsor. Look, South Park and The Simpsons will always be able to predict the future. I mean, sometimes you don't believe the futures they predict. But what can you do? They seem to be right. So, uh, yeah, Betty White uh, managed to make it to age 99. And with that, uh, well, congratulations to her. I mean, nobody would have expected that. I mean, I didn't even know she was still alive at this point. I haven't heard about her dying, and she's one of the few celebrities that I might actually somewhat care about if she dies. For no other reason than that means immortality is not possible. I mean... Of course... I don't know. Nancy Pelosi still kind of shows to be evidence of that with how young she looks at, eight, at what, 80? I mean, what? to be fair, some people wear age, like, really well. Like, I kind of hope that's, like, what I end up doing because I'm already starting to get, like, gray hairs all over the place. Look, I'll be frank. If I look as young as Nancy oh, Pelosi does by the time I'm 75, I'll be happy. Like, heck, honestly, if I look as young as she does at 65, I'll be happy. Yeah. So, uh, in other news, uh, this time, um, for some more um, hilarious news. So, a new trailer for a movie has come out recently, and um, it stars Nicolas Cage as a janitor for a uh, 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 Chuck E. Cheese-style uh, pizzeria but it turns out the animatronics are murderous monsters. But the thing is, unlike Five Nights at Freddy's, where you play a security card helpless against the animatronics, Nicolas Cage brings the fight to them. Wait, what's the title of this movie? This is called Willy's Wonderland. And yes, it is an actual movie. Nice. When is that set to come out? Uh, sometime in 2021. Right now it's in po uh, post-production. Hmm. 
Well, uh, what was that? I would recommend it, though, it, fair warning, there are quite a few moments of flashing lights, so seizure-prone uh, um, people should probably stay away. Thankfully, outside of that one time I was donating plasma, I have never had a seizure, and hopefully never Yeesh. will again. Look, if there's any time that's a bad time to have a seizure that isn't when you're operating a motor vehicle... It's when you've got a needle mm -hmm. stuck into your primary uh, vein for blood, for donating blood and stuff in your arm. That's not a fun experience. What happened? Apparently my blood sugar was low that day. And when you're donating plasma on low blood sugar, it can cause seizures. Those guys are dicks. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, the extra fun part is uh, called a friend for a ride after that had been wearing a white t-shirt walk out looking like I just you know, got into a full on fight, like knife fight or something Jesus Good news But yeah Getting blood pulled at a hospital after that, you know, after donating plasma, seems super simple. The needles all seem so tiny in comparison. Mm-hmm. Put that in mind. Like, Any other interesting like, move? Oh. Well, I just wanted to say, I've only ever had blood drawn once, and it was actually recently. And oh. the thing is, is that the idea of having blood taken from me is actually really terrifying. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't like the idea of having, like, my vital fluids being drained from my body. Oh, I completely understand that. 
it was a difficult thing to get over, and the only reason I'm as uh, casual about it as I am today is I donated regularly on and off when it comes to plasma through my college career for spending cash. And even at the end there, like, e even today, like, I will look away when the needle is entering my arm. Once it's in the arm, I can stare at the blood coming out and going through the tube just fine. It's literally, I still cannot sit there and watch someone stick a needle into me. It sets off my fight response. Like, I have to just look away and remind myself to not strike out in self-defense. Just because, you know, once again, someone's dabbing something in you with the intent to make you bleed. Whether or not it's harmless, it's a bit freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, in a news where uh, where a company or a person just does not get the point, apparently Gordon Ramsay has a new online mobile game, and nobody likes it. I saw an ad for the online mobile game, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Honestly, I was half tempted to get the mobile game and to play the mobile game just to see what it's like. So I can sit there and Gordon Ramsay it. Oh, this phone gets fucking raw. Look, here's the thing. I will play a game made by someone who understands... A cooking game made by someone who understands video games but not cooking. But I can't imagine a game designed by someone that knows about cooking but not video games. Because at least... I mean, that's... Even like Battle Chef Brigade, nothing to do with cooking, or a but at mama. least they made it entertaining. Or cooking and which mama. game? Yeah, I heard about Cooking Mama from uh, Jaden Animation. You got me hooked on that channel, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I find the funniest part about her channel is that she starts out as this really shy uh, uh, girl who barely has the ability to speak in, a, in like more than a soft tone, and now she's just putting out videos where she has like all these hyper expressive like vocal tones. Oh yeah. Who knew? Who knew to get over crippling social anxiety? All you need to do is start a YouTube channel and get really famous. Oh yeah, and heck. Uh, did you hear about the uh, insurance court case over in the UK? Oh, what happened there? Oh, people had purchased pandemic insurance and had been paying their premiums for years. And the pandemic insurance companies tried to state that COVID-19 was not covered. I have several questions. Because... We both are insurance agents. That's what we do in our uh, day job. Um, I want to know because the, the COVID, like, or not COVID, pandemic insurance, how do they think they were going to be covered by it? That's Basically, what I want to know. Oh, yeah, no, no. I read some of the contracts back when they initially started denying claims. And after reading some of the contracts, I'm like, yeah, them denying this claim is bullshit. Like, one of the contracts literally stated, like, uh, SARS and related viruses were covered. 
What most people don't know is that both SARS and COVID-19 are both coronaviruses. And, like, they tried to deny the claims. Of course. And, of course, one of the uh, statements from one of the insurance companies was uh, something along the lines of, trying to remember the wording here. Oh, yeah. We couldn't have foreseen such an occurrence. It's like, but you were selling pandemic <laughs> insurance. It's like selling insurance? flood insurance and saying that you weren't expecting a flood. The entire point of insurance is to cover ex situations that you don't expect to happen. What? Exactly. It's like that and honestly the fact that they would deny like pandemic insurance in situations like this is just outright crazy in my opinion. Like that is the whole purpose of pandemic insurance. Like I could understand if let's say a pandemic occurred as a result of a you know, act of war or something like that, like biowarfare. If something like that were to happen and they're like, well, our contract, like most insurance contracts, does state, hey, warfare is not covered, I could see that argument there. But COVID-19 is not an act of war. It's a standard pandemic. Well, well not only that, the fact that they're doing this means that it, this was a scam from the start. They weren't expecting something like this to happen. They were just taking people's money because it sounded good on paper. Exactly. They thought they could convince people, and I mean, you know what? There's plenty that's happened in the last 20 years that might convince some uh, business owner, especially like a smaller business owner, to consider pandemic insurance. Because here's a small fact. The thought of Scott, the, yeah, I was young at the time, but the thought of SARS scared the crap out of people. Mm -hmm. This one happened when I was a bit older, but the thought of swine flu and Ebola both scared the crap out of people and had people stressing about potential, like, pandemics. And then making memes about Uganda Knuckles. <laughs> Uganda Knuckles, Ebola-chan. Do you remember Ebola-chan? They can turn anything into a chan. Like, I literally saw fax machine chan. Okay, I need to actually Google that one. <laughs> just make sure you don't have it on, like, the stream, just because you never know what's going to come up. But yeah, as far as exciting. it goes... What? Nothing too intriguing, honestly. There's, I, I was expecting a bit more memes about it, but there wasn't too many memes. I'll be honest though, uh. Google at first thought I wanted to Google fax machine near me, and in 2020, that's just a little bit sad. Well, to be fair, I people like the people we work with. Sometimes they'll even have their own fax machine. I can exactly. see to an extent having your own fax machine just because yeah. if you st are still with certain phone companies, with certain phone companies, the fax machine factor is not an added cost. 
So if you're going to still have a landline these days and you bought a fax machine back when they were relevant and still own your fax machine or you get one of those things that can work as like a fax machine and a printer, I can see being like, yeah, you can go ahead and fax it to me. Just because honestly, once again, if I still ha if I had a landline at my house and I had a fax machine from like years ago, Honestly, if you fax it to me, it means I don't have to download an email and then press control P to go print it. Is that lazy? A little bit, yeah. But I can see why some, you know, because once again, that's specific of if you're not paying extra for the fax machine. But yeah pandemic insurance doesn't even want to pay out in the case of the pandemic oh yeah oh so some of the things that i've heard about like insurance company lawsuits have been fascinating in fact did you know that after 9-11 there was actually a lawsuit about the insurance payout what happened so, okay, one thing to keep in mind is it's not uncommon for a large building like that under insurance to be covered by two separate insurance companies with, like, each of them covering yeah. a portion of the property. So what happened is there was an argument about whether one or two deductibles were owed in the situation of the Twin Towers collapsing. Uh, well, to each insurance company. Both want to say, oh, yeah, no, no, you owe us two deductibles, essentially, for this total loss for our portion of the insurance. And the person took him to court. And after, like, months in court, it got decided that one of the company's contracts, the way it was phrased, 9-11 was treated as a singular occurrence. So, you know, one single deductible. Whereas the other company actually had it phrased where it was treated as two separate occurrences with how their contract was phrased. I'm trying to remember the name of the companies. I know Travelers was one of them, and I don't remember the other company that was insuring the Twin Towers at the time. Jeez. Getting some historical uh, information when you listen to our stream. Oh, yeah. History, insurance, and apparently... I almost said Ronald Reagan movies. <laughs> Ronald Reagan is not... Johnny Cage ain't the right word either. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Cage fit into this? Nicholas Cage was the word I was looking for, yes. Because apparently I Granted. don't know the difference between Nicholas Cage and Ronald Reagan. Hey, you know what? Nicholas Cage for president, 2024. Let's not get into that. We don't want to fire enter our window. <laughs> look, I'll be entirely Man. honest. I get, look, if I ever heard he was running, I'd just be sitting there watching the show at that point because I'd know it'd be a shit show again. Alright, anyways. Uh, moving on to another subject because I don't want us to uh, get, yeah. get onto yeah. this uh, uh, train. Oh, uh, apparently there's going to be a new Mortal Kombat movie. Ah. So Which it's going to be an R-rated film. Um, I'm not sure. It looks like it's going to be basing off the first game. 
which or at least the second game because I know Kung I see Kung Lao in the actual uh, promotional stuff. But um yeah, as far as it goes, uh it's going to be R-rated. It does look like that there is some blood judging by some of these pictures. It looks like it's going to be starting off with some of the storyline between uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And uh, it also has uh, Kano, Johnny Cage, or at least it kind of looks like Johnny Cage. I, I mean, I don't know any other character who has taped fists. Let's go ahead and oh, see. Oh, and it also has Jax, whose bionic arms actually look pretty cool. It's got Sonya, it's got Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Raiden, 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 Kano, Liu Kang, Major Jax. Shang Tsung, Cole Young, Melenia, Kung Lao, Nitara, Kobol, Emily Young, and Nitara. I don't think it's gonna get into the PS2 character. Do you like? Did you find like a uh, character list? I uh, what I found was the IMDb page for the upcoming movie. Oh wow! An IMDb. Let me look at that. Coming soon. Releases April sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Well, I'm definitely going to need to watch that. But, wow, they're going to have Natara in that? Natara, like, never, like, got any kind of exposure aside from, uh, Mortal, like, the PS2 Mortal Kombat games. And even then, it wasn't that much. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, Melina. I don't know who Cole Young is supposed to be. I guess some kind of a side character. Um, but yeah, Natara, Kung Lao, Cabal. Yeah, I guess they're just kind of doing a general Mortal Kombat story. I figured they would have, like, if they were going to reboot it and make it like a new movie, they would have just stuck to the Earthrealm tournament. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Do you think that we're going to have a repeat of Mortal Kombat, the movie, the game? There wasn't a movie game for Mortal Kombat. You're thinking of Street Fighter. Am I? Yeah. There was Street Fighter, the movie, the game. That was the one that tried to rip off Mortal Kombat with the digitized actors. You know what? You might be right. Trust me. I know my nerd stuff. I have forgotten a lot of stuff in the last few years as more information keeps cycling through. I mean, to be fair, it's like, um, I can really easily just remember, like, dumb things, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, for me, I can store a lot of, like, useless information in my head. Let's see. What other, uh, let's see. I'm also like scrolling through other things just to see what other topics. But yeah, as far as like a Mortal Kombat movie, I don't think it'll be as like, you know, fringy as the, uh, like, you know, crazy as the original like 80s one was or 90s one. And I can look at this as a bright side. At least uh, WCW, the wrestling company, isn't around to make a ripoff Sub-Zero as a professional wrestler. Because, yes, they did do that. Oh, you still there? 
Yeah, I'm still here. Look... Oh, sorry, it's just that you went quiet for a bit. Sorry about that. I was checking on something. Not a problem. But yeah, as far as it goes, um, the Mortal Kombat movie, like the original one, it was bad, but at least it was goofy enough to be fun. But you can't say the same for the sequel, because the sequel had, like, no direction whatsoever. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of sequels, what do you think is the worst sequel you've ever seen? Oh, that is a really good question. Oh, boy. Because the problem is that when you're talking about sequels, it's like there's there's a lot of... There's both good and bad. I think movies have better reputations for having sequels than, like, say... Well, video games tend to have that better than movies. But movies aren't too bad with sequels. Um, I will say, though, probably my least favorite is Hunchback of Notre Dame. I forgot that had a sequel. I think it's because that sequel was so bad, my memory actually erased itself to prevent me from ever having to relive that sequel. Though I heard that the oh. Mulan remake was not very good, but I haven't seen it yet myself. Yeah, just don't even bother. Like, I've literally given up at Disney at this point until they actually put out like a really interesting movie. Like, what it has your thoughts to be on the Star Wars movies? Okay, I saw Episode 7. I thought it was good. I saw Rogue One. I thought that was good, too. I did not even bother to watch anything else because I already got ruined by their reputation, and I just didn't feel like watching them. I want to say it was Episode 8 that I actually went and saw because a friend dragged me to theaters to see it back in the day. The uh, second movie that they had done that wasn't Rogue One. Like, the second, like, main franchise movie. And there was at one point where I just kind of lost it in the end. Because there was this scene that was pretty much utterly pointless. Where they go to this casino planet. And the way everything goes through, it literally yeah, does not progress. Yeah, it does not progress the movie. To put it quite frankly... I'm pretty, if memory serves, that scene was long enough that I could have gone, taken a shower, shaved, ate a light snack, came back, and not have missed anything important to the narrative. And at that point, when it comes to a movie, you're just fluffing for time to make it feature length, to make it a feature length film. Not to mention, I will forever be scarred by Luke Skywalker just taking that alien cow, directly oh. milking it on screen, and drinking it. Okay, you, I, I actually had a friend say this once, that he saw that scene, and he thought it was a direct uh, parallel to how Disney is sucking the teeth of Star Wars. Yeah, Fryman, I've got to tell you before we started through Discord. I'm sorry about that. I wound up telling you after we started. But yeah, it's like, I'll be honest with you. I saw that scene and I'm just like, 
I don't think I want to finish my popcorn now. Like, that literally... I don't know why. It's like... It's just the fact... That one... That didn't exactly look like a cow. It looked like some weird combination of some cow, seal, human, dinosaur. And it was freaky. But... But the... But yeah, going back to the original question, though, and the thing is, is that if you know me, uh, you know that I also hate Maleficent, and I even hated Maleficent, too. But the thing is, is that the reason why I hate Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 more is because at least Hunchback of Notre Dame 1 was actually a good movie. Like, there was actually a lot of good to that movie, so making a sequel that bad was actually just really bothersome to me. It's like, imagine if The Godfather 2 was actually The Godfather 3. And here's the sad part where I have to tell you that I've never seen The Godfather films, Chris. Okay, so imagine if uh, Star Wars Episode 5 was actually Star Wars Episode 2. But the prequels, we don't talk about them. They don't exist. Or the midichlorians. But yeah, what would you say is your uh, least favorite sequel in that sense? Hmm. That's a hard pick. I've seen a lot of crappy sequels in my day. You know what? A new... Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. It's good to sit there, watch it, and laugh at it on occasion, but it might be the legit worst thing on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Isn't that a more so a uh, like a remake or a, like a uh, recon- new continuation? Kind of. The basic idea of Wes Craven's A New Nightmare is the actors in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually starring the actors and everyone playing themselves. And Freddy is coming out from the uh, fictional world to kill the actors. Because, quote-unquote, the story of Nightmare on Elm Street is what's keeping him trapped away. Because he's actually some kind of demon. But, huh? (laughs) You know what? The next time we're hanging out, we can totes watch it together and I will show it to you. I have a copy of Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Okay, first of all, why? Second of all, I feel like you just explained some kind of like a scream plotline to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it's probably my least favorite. Well, okay. It's the it's my least favorite sequel that I will acknowledge its existence of, because there are like two in the night in the uh, Child's Play franchise that I pretend doesn't exist, and I'm happier for it. I mean, to be fair, that's how some people treat the Leprechaun movies. 
Okay, apparently, according to Fireman, it's an idea that later got made into that later got made into Scream. Okay, so that's why I drew the comparison to Scream. Yeah, I wanna say that Wes Craven's A New Nightmare came out in '94. Let me go ahead and double check on that. But yeah, but here's the thing, yep. and the reason why I brought up uh, Maleficent too is because. Honestly, Maleficent was a really bad movie, and it took me a while to realize it was a bad movie. I had this lingering thought in my head while I was watching it, where it's like I was smiling because of how like you know cool some of the effects were, but then I realized, wait a minute, the story doesn't really make any sense, and oh my god, a lot of it just looks kind of ugly. And then they, after a while, it just stew with me. It's like oh my god, I just watched a bad movie. And then later on, when they came out with the sequel, you know, I was so disappointed with the first Maleficent. I was like, oh, my God, what are you going to do this time? And somehow it was actually even worse because they actually did try to treat it like the original. Well, in some ways, the original story. But then they actually made some things a lot more worse and a lot more confusing. And I don't know. It's just that I hate Hunchback 2 more because of what came before it. But it's just like a close second would definitely be Maleficent 2. Oh. Because, and here's another thing that I should mention. That movie is titled incorrectly. Like, oh my god, it's titled so incorrectly. The only reason they titled it that way is because of uh, something the original Maleficent said in Sleeping in the original Sleeping Beauty. Because the title of the movie isn't Maleficent 2. It's Maleficent, Mistress of All Evil. She's still an anti-hero in this movie. She's not a villain. Yeah, that's really just the thick of it. Well, look on the bright side. As bad as it is, it's still better than Seed of Chucky. I mean, is it? Because I don't remember Seed of Chucky at all. But I can guarantee you, Maleficent 2 is bad. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Let me put it this way. You have Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky to thank. That Curse of Chucky was a direct-to-DVD uh, movie instead of hitting the big screen. It literally wound up killing one of the biggest franchises in slasher films. But I'm not going to lie, I wasn't too big on Maleficent at the end of the day. A lot of the Disney live-action remakes are, well, live-action remakes, really, since, you know, about half of it's all CG anyway. Yeah, let's not even get started on Lion King. Yeah, no, no. Lion King annoyed me. It's not a live-action film. It's just a film done all in CG. They're just trying to be... Like that... Disney did not consider that an animated film until it started winning awards for being an animated film. 
And it's just like, here's the thing with these live action remakes. Okay, so let's start with technically the first one. Yeah, quote unquote live action. Let's start with like the first big one. And I'm not counting 101, uh, 101 Dalmatians. That's technically separate, kind of its own thing. But the thing is, is that when you start with the first one, which was uh, Alice in Wonderland, I have no clue what they were trying to go for with that movie. I feel like they were trying to capture the madness, but there were too many rules with it that it just didn't really work for it. But to be fair, it was a decent enough movie because it had a lot of interesting effects and stuff. Then we started getting more. Cinderella was boring. Like, it was just Cinderella. Maleficent was bad. Then they started coming out with the ones that had the animals in them. You know, Dumbo, Lion King. And it's just like, at that point, I just realized they're not trying to make good, like, like, they're not putting any heart into these movies. And I know big corporation, you know, that stereotype and all. But the thing is, is like, at least they could pretend that they were putting soul into their movies. But then it's just like, wow, they really dropped the ball with these live action movies. Like, seriously, I could, I saw more soul out of high school musical than I saw with these live action remakes. And I'm surprised you saw high school musical. Yeah, well, now, I was uh, young at the time. My sister was older, and I didn't have a choice. That's fair. Now, with that in mind, Fryman does ha bring up an idea for you. At least for now, oh, there's no live it. action of Hunchback. Can you imagine? Oof. They they would either go all in on like the like you know catholic church being bad or they would just completely build but they'll, they'll actually pull what i call a king kingdom hearts dream drop distance on it and they would actually like completely take that part out of the story and either way that would just be bad oh yeah it's like it's gonna be an interesting thing look on the bright side they're not touching hopefully they don't touch hunchback hopefully they don't touch some other golden golden ones like aristocats I think Aristocats was Disney, right? Well, the thing is, Aristocats was Disney, but Aristocats is just bad. So it doesn't really matter if they touch that. But the thing is, is that they wouldn't even need to because that movie is mostly animals anyways. They would just be putting out another Lion King at that point. But I am glad to hear they're at least acknowledging it that that's an animated film since, you know, it's none of it is like... like they bend that rule a little bit, quote-unquote, calling Jungle Book live action, but they actually have live actors interacting with the CG, so I can sit there and accept that as a live action film. But to try to call the Lion... Uh, to have ever called Lion King live action is just sitting there lying to the audience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, here's the thing. If they wanted to do these live action remakes... They should have been doing them with, like, other movies. Like, they shouldn't have been doing them with their most popular catalog. Because at this point, you can't replace your most popular catalog. You can replace Aladdin all you want, but there's only one Robin Williams. And no, Will Smith is not an equal substitute. Um, 
But it's like if you did that with, say, the Black Cauldron, which had a lot of potential but poor execution, I feel like that would have been a great idea. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. And, like, I was not fond of the idea of them remaking Aladdin without Robin Williams, of course. I'm not sure. Are you aware of, like, the... uh, really bad blood that put between Disney and Robin Williams back in the day? Uh, no. What happened? So, Robin Williams... Oh, yeah. Black Cauldron had no marketing. Yeah. So, Robin Williams straight up didn't want the fact that he was in Aladdin to be used as marketing material for Aladdin. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, like, literally it caused severe bad blood. They're lucky he even did the, I think it was the second Aladdin movie that he wound up doing for them. No, like he was in the lo- third. Oh, yeah. He skipped the second. He was in the third. I was thinking that timeline-wise, yeah, the TV the show came between the first and the second. No, no, it was that the second one happened, then the third one. Do you remember the TV series? Um, I remember the intro, but I don't remember like what actually happened in the show. I remember watching it as a kid. I don't remember if it's actually good or not. I remember the intro actually being kind of creepy. So. Who do you think is the best Disney villain? Oh, Frollo by far. And I'm not even just saying that because Winterback of Notre Dame is like my favorite movie. In fact, the only reason it's my favorite movie is because of Frollo. Ah, why is he your favorite? Because he does everything you want a villain to do. He attacks innocent people. He justifies his own actions, even if, even though nobody else will justify them uh, in their eyes. Um, you know, he doesn't go all, he still manages to like compose himself and still act like, you know, sinister, but then he does have moments where like, he'll actually raise his voice and he'll sneer and he'll make these faces. He's just a wicked villain. Sorry, I can't gush about Frollo enough. It's okay. He is a good villain. So, um, as far as, say, like, a second place, honestly, that gets a little bit harder because there's still such a good catalog of villains. I would... Oh, nice cat. Um, I would probably say my second favorite villain... Would probably be... I'm... I don't know why, but my mind keeps going back to Captain Hook. Captain Hook is a good villain. He's an entertaining villain. And see, that's that's where it's kind of funny with where Disney has had the dichotomy, where it's just like you had like one villain who was super serious and like very dark, and you know his motives were all sorts of just messed up. But then you have a villain on the other end of the spectrum who is all but goofy, but still like did like really bad things. Like in the first scene you see him, uh, he shoots one of his crewmates. 
Oh, yeah. Captain Hook is not a good man. And what about now, you? Uh, when it comes to the Disney catalog, who's your favorite villain? Favorite villain? That's a good question. Xenomorphs. I meant in Disney. Well, Disney owns Fox now. That doesn't count. Xenomorphs are not just the best Disney villain. They're the best goddamn Disney princess because they come out of a queen. Uh, you do realize that men can come out of a queen too. Hence all the princes in Disney movies. That's fair. Xenomorphs are, satani are satanously, simultaneously the best Disney princess and the best... You know, that actually reminds me. What I need to do is hunt down an old copy of Alien vs. Predator 2 that I used to play back in the days on Windows 98 to stream. I liked that one in particular because when you play as a xenomorph, it would actually outright have you start at the facehugger phase. You'd have to actually find a victim to facehug in a private enough room, and then you move on to the chestburster phase. And continually get to an, a larger category of Xenomorph from there. But yeah. As far as it goes with like say Disney characters though. Yeah the villains always like is the best part for me. Well at least usually. Because if a Disney movie has a bad villain. Like let's say Hans and Frozen. Then you know that just makes the movie a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, you need a good main character, yes. You also need a good villain. If you don't have a good villain, there's no one for the audience to love hating. Um, there's two ends of the spectrum on that one, though, because Bambi technically didn't have a villain. Uh, I mean, you know, you had, like, hunters and stuff, but they weren't really the villain. They were just doing what they did normally. Well, you see, in that case, the... Uh... You do got to remember the different factors of storytelling. The antagonist or quote-unquote villain yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be an individual. It can be society as a whole or the environment. Or even just life. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, you know, man versus self. Very adequate style of storytelling. And, of course, there's always the very popular man versus machine. Oh, yeah. Otherwise known as the Disney sweatshop. Now, now. Look, look, Disney films are not made at Foxconn. iPhones are. So, moseying on down the uh, stream. So, to get into some weirder topics. So, I brought this up with you a little earlier. And, you know, what was that? Oh, I get it. So, in this case, in our latest news story, um, 
it appears that the uh, CEO and magnate of Sweet and Low, Donald uh, Tober, uh, leapt to his death from a New York uh, City apartment uh, back a couple of days ago. And apparently he was suffering from Parkinson's disease. So very sad. And we do wish for the best for him and his family. But yeah, very strange news piece to kind of come out uh, given, you know, just all sorts of recent events. And yes, this is the end of uh, some news with uh, the Scarlet Show. Okay, you can stop that music now. Uh, What music? Oh, oh, I'm dumb. I just heard, uh, I just heard music on my side. (laughs) It was some kind of like news report music, and it was just the the business website. I thought you were playing like music or something. No, no, I don't have any sound effects set up on stream just yet. It is definitely sad to hear that he passed away. Definitely a bit of souring news there. But it's just like, it's one of those things that's like, wait, how did this happen? How did we get to this point? And why are all the advertisements at the bottom of, like, news websites such trash these days? Because they basically have, like, just anyone available by their, um, uh, like, ad space. Like, literally, one of the four ads sponsored stories you may like, which apparently are ads by Verizon Media. Include this 13-second trick catches any liar. Addicting, in parentheses. Such fascinating newsmanship, am I right? No kidding. Or how about this one? Spray WD-40 up your faucets. Here's why. Yeah, that's a very weird... uh news piece yeah news headlines are just all sorts of weird like they're they're not even news headlines nine times out of ten they're just weird little like blog sites that buy ads yeah when did this turn into uh when did this turn into buzzfeed literally ads like that pop up all the time at the bottom of news sites is anyone looking forward to uh resident evil village says uh the fry man haven't actually heard much about Resident Evil Village. Have you heard about it very much, Chris? I haven't been keeping up with it. I know it's the eighth, well, the eighth and like numbered Resident Evil game. Um, the thing is, is that I, I don't know. It's like it's hard for me to really get into Resident Evil aside from four, just because like, you know, you go back to some of the older ones. The tank controls are like really obnoxious. But then it's like with, like, say, Resident Evil 5, and especially 6, it's like they put too much emphasis on the action. And then it's like with 7, I'm just not a fan of, like, first-person games a lot of the time. I mean, if people like them, then people like them. And I don't have no problem with, like, anyone playing a game as long as it's legal. Um, But, I don't know, it's just, like, it's hard for me to talk about, like, subjects like that when the most I can care for for a series like that is actually just the lore. You know, when you first mentioned I've got no problems with people playing games as long as they're legal, 
my first thought was, what games are illegal in the U.S.? And then my second thought was, oh, I forgot that things like that existed. Yeah, everyone knows the guy game. A game that was supposed to be total boob tube until uh, someone came out and said that one of uh, the girls they had on stage was only 17 years old. Oh, wow. That actually Speaking happened. Which, oh, yeah. Did you hear about the uh, Pornhub clearing out a large section of its uh, user-uploaded content? All I can say is rip. Did you hear about what the primary reason was? To cut down on illegal content being uploaded? Yes, but it took Visa and MasterCard no longer processing payments for them. For them to actually uh, do that. Of course it is. Like, reading those news stories, I was just like, you know, at that point I totally understand why Visa and MasterCard are doing it. Because apparently they've been... Like, they know that they've been laxing on that, and that's just wrong. But, at the same time... It's just like... At the same time, Bitcoin just became more useful. Well, it's like, not only that, it's just like... Who are they to really say, like, what a person, like, can and can't spend stuff on? Because normally stopping stuff like that actually belongs, is like more of a responsibility of the bank. And even then, the bank can't stop someone's, like, fun habit. Oh, yeah. Like, the issue wasn't so much that, oh, it's, you know, a website with adult content. It was a website with adult content that also had enough of it starring non-adults for a long enough time. That they literally were like, look, you you haven't taken this seriously. We're stopping this uh, contract. Any like, thoughts on the new Pokemon Snap trailer? Oh, Pokemon Snap. It. Let me go ahead and, uh, should I put the Snap trailer up on the screen? Yeah, I would do so. Um, yeah, wait, Pokemon wait. Snap, um, I haven't seen the trailer itself, but I heard about, like, you know, it coming out. And honestly, that's a really, like, smart idea. Wait, wait, if I if I put it up on stream, is Nintendo gonna Nintendo me? You might actually want to avoid posting the actual trailer. Maybe just like a, like a small screen cap or something. Yeah, real quick, what I'm gonna do is... Give me a heads up for I'm in if the audio starts playing. I'm gonna try to watch the trailer real quick on my laptop. Oh, they don't care anymore? Nintendo okay. doesn't care anymore? Since when? I think you have to do like an audio output uh, capture for
Got the video capture device complete. Nope, that's the wrong video capture device. That's my. Okay. I believe the stream can actually hear you. Let me go ahead and see. Wait a second, hold on. Oh, Jaywitz. Yeah. So I haven't added your audio to the uh, stream that shows what's on my laptop, so I'll have to get that fixed for next time. Just added the audio output capture again. Just set the audio output capture to your um, um, uh, RTX voice. I will get that fixed up in a moment. However, I did look through the trailer. It looks interesting enough for whenever I bother to get a Switch. Yeah, definitely, Fryman. Episode 1, Growing Pains. We will eventually, as time goes on, develop a streamlined format. And soon enough, Streamlabs will all run perfectly smoothly. <laughs> Up until I eventually swap over full-time to Linux, and then I have the fun that Streamlabs OBS doesn't have a Linux port yet. Eventually, yes. it's gonna. I'm going to get these ported over to my YouTube channel once I'm done, after I've got time to remux the recording, because I record directly in FLV, so that way if something happens and the stream crashes, I don't lose any footage. Seth Snowball, are you wanting to be on camera a little bit too? Oh, it did. There we go. But yeah. So, have you had a chance to watch through the trailer yet? Um, can they hear me now? Yes, they can hear you now. Oh, you can see like my wavelength. Hey, Fryman, can you hear me? I'm not sure. Is this going to be uploaded to YouTube? Ah, uh, yes. This is going to get uploaded to YouTube. Sweet. I can't I wait. Have, I've already got some of my stuff, uh, some of my stream recaps uploaded to YouTube. Haven't been uploading the Mortal Kombat ones up to YouTube yet. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, uh... As far as, like, say, Pokemon Snap goes, I thought that was one of the more fun side games that I was surprised they only did one spinoff of, or, like, the one game of. Oh, yeah. And, hey, I'll be entirely honest. I wait for the great day when, eventually, Nintendo starts to release its game for the PC Master Race. That's not going to happen. Not as long as they're still making money on console sales. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. See, 
the time frame it'll eventually happen is if Nintendo ever winds up going the way of Sega. Where instead Sega. of focusing on hardware, they focus purely on their own software. Well, yeah, imagine that a current Switch emulator is pretty bad right now. In fact, I think the Switch is the only like console that they pretty much have to make an emulator for because they can't really get any of the games to like run on like PC at this point. Like any game that's on like a lot of games that are on console won't be or a lot of games that are on consoles like say PS5 might also appear on PC. Oh yeah. Though apparently the PS3 uh uh the PS3 emulator needs a lot of work. Now, theoretically, uh, theoretically, the Switch console, if a Switch emulator becomes a thing, might actually be easier than a PS3 emulator, just because the cell architecture of the PS3 was so unique in of itself, and some developers actually stated if it wasn't so damn hard to program for, it may have actually been a close to, if not a little bit more powerful than what might have gotten placed into the PS4. Plus, imagine um, uh, playing games um, like over your computer that were meant for the Switch without any uh, uh, Joy-Con drift. Believe it or not, that's the one that one of the biggest reasons I won't buy a Switch Lite is the risk of Joy-Con drift. Like, I'm just glad that the uh, current Joy-Cons that I have right now aren't drifting, because the ones that my uh, console was actually uh, packaged with drifted after, like, uh, four like four months. Oh, yeah. It's like, heck, that controller that uh, you saw while you were at my house where we had Joy-Con drift, in all fairness, that one only had, like, the quote-unquote, you know, stick drift. And that's because mm -hmm. I've had that thing since, like, 2013. Like, I'm not surprised its stick is drifting at this point. This thing is, you know, seven years old. And it was, like, a cheap $20 controller. It wasn't even an expensive controller at the time. Because, you know, you saw it was some random third-party controller. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Speaking of which... What I need to do at some point is get something that'll let me use my Dreamcast controllers on my PC to see if I can get those working decently for some games at some point. Honestly, I've never held a Dreamcast controller, but it always looks so awkward to hold. It kind of is, but you get used to it. I mean, the N64 controller was a bit awkward, too. Yeah, but then you realize that, oh, hey, I just need to hold this, like, middle, like, stick and then just worry about A and B. Yeah. Like, it was an interesting controller design. I'm not surprised they dropped it for the, uh, once the GameCube came around. Oh. Oh. Speaking of which... Oh. Uh, did you hear that the PS5 controllers are supposedly going to have basically HD rumble? 
I'm not sure how that like that matters. I don't know. Like, what is it... that even supposed to be? Supposedly, the haptic feedback on the PS5 controller is going to be super good. Hmm. Well, here's my thing when it comes to like features like that. And it's basically the problem I have of like smartphones. It's like, yeah, that's a neat idea, but at some point, like, what starts becoming like just impractical to put on a controller? Because it's like. You know, you're adding this, like, HD rumble. You're going to probably have a lot of, like, different features on it. Like, the at least with the PS4 controllers as they stand right now, like, they don't have much in terms of gimmicks except for that touchpad, which, to be fair, most games don't even use. I think the only game I can think of that actually even uses the touch, like, little touchpad was um, Until Dawn. And it's just, like... You know, like, that was the whole thing about, like, the 3DS. It's, like, the whole 3D feature nobody used. And then when they released a 2DS, it was just, like, well, it's just basically a normal handheld again. Yeah. It's one of those, one of the only few consoles that got sold around a gimmick that made it huge prior to the Switch was the Wii. And like, even then, and honestly, the Wii was a really smart idea in my in in my humble opinion, as a uh, professional critic. But uh, the thing was is that while the Wii took Nintendo out of the like hardcore market, honestly, I think that was a better move for them than trying to stick around the hardcore market because them trying to stick around led to some of the lowest sales they've ever had when it came to the GameCube. Look, Nintendo, for a lot of its consoles, makes decisions that in one way, shape, or form causes a restrictive flaw in their console for most generations. Like, even the N64, don't get me wrong, the N64 was great. The N64, if memory serves, might have actually been the most powerful hardware-wise of the uh, main consoles that were released at the time. The problem, it didn't have a disk drive. It was cartridge-based, which limits the size of the game. So they weren't able to take full utilization that they would have if it had come ran with a disk drive like they did with the PS1 at the time. Which is that, ironic considering the fact that uh, the Switch is now cartridge-based. Well, do keep in mind, the cartridges have gone a long way. In the last several mm -hmm. years. Like, it used to be that, you know, seven, you know, what, what was the size on a CD? 720 or 780 megs? Something like that. And that was, ahead. like, the kind of the thing, though, it's, like, at the time, because it's, like, I remember, especially with, like, even the Atari Jaguar, it's, like, the, it was 64 bits, but it was cartridge-based. So the cartridges were capable of more advanced graphics, but the thing is, is that with the PS, the PlayStation, the original one, because it was running off a disc and it was a 32-bit, they had better sounding audio because you compare, like, and they even had the ability to have, like, video on their disc. 
So it's like you compare the PlayStation 1 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater to the Nintendo 64 version. The Nintendo 64 version looks a lot better, or at least in some aspects. But then it's like you miss out on the on the actual video that they had like to open the game, and you lose out on the sound quality of the game as well. Oh, yeah. I'm like, let's face it. You know, it is not uncommon in a console generation for the console itself to be a loss leader for the manufacturers to be basically mm -hmm. sold at cost or less than cost. Like, believe it or not, like, that's kind of where uh, they messed up on the N64 generation is not like had they had a CD drive, they could have gone so much further well, with the N64. To be fair, they did release one later, but nobody bought it. Yeah, it completely flopped because it was an addition. Because nobody all... buys console expansions. Very, very few console expansions really sold well when it comes down to it, except for maybe like the networking hardware for the PS2 back in the day and things like that. Now, speaking the of the PS2. Only... Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, the say? only ones I could even think. The only ones I could even think of, like the expansions, like or like some kind of attachment to a console that actually did really well, were maybe the Connect to some aspect, and maybe if you want to count it because it actually affected the controller more than the uh, like the actual console, but the uh, Wii Motion Plus. Oh yeah, like you know, it, it's kind of funny because you know. The, ha the disk drive was also kind of the big issue with the GameCube at the time. Because the GameCube was a mm -hmm. very capable console. But they chose to have yeah. it do mini discs instead of standard like DVDs. Because one of the biggest selling points for the PS2 at the time was well, simply that could play put... your CDs. Not only could the PS2 play your CDs, it could play your DVDs. And the cost for the yeah. PS2 when it originally came out was about what you would expect for a DVD player. So it was quite literally, hey, we can get little Jimmy this game console and we can use it for DVD. We can start buying DVDs or running DVDs for Family Movie Night instead of VHS. Like, mm -hmm. literally, like, that was a huge selling point for the PS2. In fact, I want to say, like, uh, the PS2 was actually one of the better-selling consoles of all time, if memory serves. Honestly, I think the PS2 might actually just be one of the greatest gaming consoles. Like, not even, like, no jokes. Like, the the quality of games that appeared on there, you know, the, uh, the, the graphics for the time was actually good, and it's, a lot of the games are still good as of today. Um, you know, you had, like, the... You had the casual games, you had hardcore games. They dipped their toes into the online uh, scene where I heard the online was actually pretty good for the PS2. And then on top of that, you had the ability to, you know, watch movies off of the PS2. That machine could pretty much do anything before the PS3 had like an actual web browser. Okay. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I actually just double checked, at least according to Wikipedia. The PlayStation 2 is the best-selling console of all time. The only one yeah, that I gets close that. with, like, about a million units difference in the amount sold is 
not the Nintendo DS, but the Nintendo DS family, which includes like the DSi and the DSi XL. You literally okay, have to gotcha. include. It doesn't include the 3DS. The 3DS are a separate family, which have yeah. only collectively sold about 75 million, as opposed to PS2's over 155 million. Which, to bring up another point, honestly, I think the 3DS was probably Nintendo's like best handheld. For pretty uh, much a lot of the same reason that the uh, PS2 was the one of the best consoles of all time. I can see you on that. I think the Switch... I, I would vote the Switch slightly higher than the 3DS on best handhelds, but that's because I would actually open my wallet and buy a Switch. Like, to put it into perspective, and kind of agreeing with you on the whole PS2 is the greatest console of all time, the PS2 was the last console I had any interest in spending my own money on. I actually worked as a kid, saved up my own money so I could buy my own PS2 back in the day. The so Switch the has reason been why... the only console since I've considered purchasing. And I do get Don't... that. The only reason why I'm not on that uh, camp with you is just because the Switch is only a handheld, kind of mainly in concept. Because, yeah, you can play the games on the go. But the thing is, is that I don't think it's it's like this with the games and like, you know, online and, you know, just general stuff like that. I don't think it's better. Like, honestly, the Switch might have to say like better YouTube capabilities or better like search, like searching. But the thing is, is that it's still cartridge based. So, you know, it's on the same ground as the 3DS. And even then, I think uh, the fact that the 3DSs were actually less prone to, like, hardware malfunctions, you know, just the fact that Joy-Con drift is so prevalent, I can't consider the uh, the Switch better than the 3DS. You know what? That's fair. I wasn't really considering the whole thing of Joy-Con drift. Now, one of the things I will admit on as well is the Nintendo Switch was built on slightly outdated hardware. But at the same time, True. it was designed to be both the new portable system and their in-home system. It's not like the uh, Xbox One and PS4 were built on very good hardware to begin with. Because that's the one thing about those two consoles that a lot of people tend to have forgotten about. It's amazing what they did with the hardware that they put into those systems but the amd jaguar cores that they used for like the uh, cpu and everything on those systems those were meant to be like for low-powered tablets like not even like high-end tablets like it's designed for economy low-powered devices basically you're are you familiar with like what uh intel pentium chips have become these days for being like the low cost low power efficient chips that are used in some low-end laptops that was the design for the jaguar course at the time which is actually why i'm super excited for the hardware that they've got in the new consoles because that means we're going to get better pc games out of it as well because the amd ryzen cores will blow that shit out of the water any day of the week well the thing is is that i feel like that never really like i'm i don't own an xbox 
I've, I'm just a lot of the games on Xbox just don't interest me. But the thing is, is that I do own a PS4, and I do own the um, Pro version, which has the one terabyte memory. Now, from my experience in terms of, say, like, online play and game performance and stuff like that, I had never really had a problem except for when my internet was bad. And the thing was is that um, as far as it goes for, like, I don't know, it's just, like, I feel like what you're saying might be true, but I feel like the only place it actually affects the PS4 is the PlayStation Store because I don't know why that thing is just the pluggiest thing ever. Oh yeah, it's like now do keep in mind is they definitely did well with the hardware they had, but at the same time, do keep in mind a lot of game manufacturers do the console first, then they go ahead and do their PC ports of the console games. So they will limit how good a place it could wind up limiting how good the PC versions look based on what the console hardware is at the time. And to put it into perspective, in the early days, before they really fucking streamlined some of the programming for it, they struggled to play shit at 1080p. Like, a lot of games wouldn't run at, like, 1080p at the beginning. Well, here's my thing about it as well. Is, okay, I do think it is a fair argument to say, like, you know, it's bad when, like, some games can't perform at, like, the optimal setting because it's like, how do you even get a game to that point? But the thing is, it's like, I've never been, like, a graphics hog. Like, I, like the games that I end up keep coming back to are games like Terraria, you know, Sly Cooper, King of Hearts games, and it's just like, you know, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just the outlier. No, for a fact, I'm an outlier. But it's just like, I would rather have games go back, in terms of graphics, back to, like, PS2 games if it meant we could get more out of those games in terms of like, say, you know, graph or not graphics, of course, uh, in terms of like, say, mechanics and, you know, features and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And like, I agree with you on that as well. And like, like I said, one of my big issues is, you know, that hardware, it did limit what they could do with their games at the time. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the current gen really came off as half-baked because here's the thing had they had they yeah. released it a few years back the hardware not being designed for 1080p gaming i could have accepted but do keep in mind the years that they got released in that same year you could stream 1080p footage on youtube like it's just one of those things where like it blew my mind like once again it's not like they chose what AMD was putting was uh, trying to put up at the time against like the i5s of the world. Like had mm -hmm. they put in something that maybe could have kind of been an i5 equivalent at the time, that would have been fine cuz you don't need much more than you didn't need much more than an i5 for gaming regardless of what people tell you. Like at the end of the day, if you're going to be building a gaming PC, a Ryzen 5 or an i5, that'll do you good at the end of the day. You might want to go Ryzen 7 if you want to do other things like streaming shit. But, you know, that's when you're beginning to do other things while simultaneously gaming. Yeah. You and know, it's like... And, like, like I said, the, 
they're they, they're doing better this time, but like last gen was just crazy with what they chose to go with. Like that's the problem that I actually did have with like the whatever gen like the PS4 is on. I I haven't been keeping track of gens, but it's like the whole thing with like the let's just call it like post HD gen because technically the HD gen started with PS3. Um, the thing is, is that I feel like there was way too many. Oh, ninth gen. Um, the thing is, is that there were just way too much emphasis on like, hey, look at how good these graphics are. But it's just like, yeah, the graphics are nice and all, but these, these this game, you're like basically playing a walking simulator. Like, give like now the sole exception I have for this is GTA Five because it came out on the PS3. I still think today it looks like really good and that's meant to be a big budget game, but that's more so just because Rockstar, like they're really on top of it when it comes to graphics. Like they can make things look realistic yet stylish at the same time. Oh yeah. Like you wouldn't also confuse like say a, a Red Dead Redemption like main character for like a character in another cowboy game. Or at least I I would say so. There's not that many cowboy games, which is sad. Oh yeah, it's like you know, and it, it's one of those things. And like that, that's also the one other issue I kind of had with the Switch when it started to come out. I want to say the X3 was a bit of an old model. Let me go ahead and double check on that uh, real quick before I put my foot in my mouth. There you do. You have to put your foot in your mouth on stream. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no. It's the X1 that went into the Switch. Let me go ahead and see. Okay, yeah. Looks like they hadn't released the Tegra X2 at the time yet uh, for it. But... Yeah, no. That makes sense for about the time that it went out. But yeah, like, you know, at least it was a slightly underpowered chip at the time, but, you know, they were building a portable something. And mm -hmm. honestly, what developers have done with the Tegra X chip in that Switch has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm surprised, like, Smash Bros. still looks really good just in tablet mode. Oh, yeah, and, like, at the end of the day, I've heard some people be like, oh, you know, the tablet mode screen is only 720p, and I'm like, 720p is not that oh. bad on that big of a screen. And also, that's, like, not even a point because you're playing it so close to your face anyways. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, I could see the argument of going 1080p because you're going to have the screen probably close to your face at that size. But, like, honestly, at that size, you don't need to go much higher than 1080p for that, if you uh, ask me. Now, one of the things that I really don't get are the, speaking of screen resolutions, are the people that are, like, wanting 4K screens on their phone. And I'm just like, that's just a waste of money yeah, that's and just batteries. Like, I'll be entirely honest. You don't really even need to get above 1440p unless your screen's at least 
getting bigger than 15 inches. Like once you get bigger than 15 inches, like I've taken a look at them, I can see going 4K. I personally am still kind of in the 1080p realm here, but I'm also one of those gamers. I will take a higher uh, frame per second rating uh, with my 144 hertz monitor over better graphics at the end of the day. Yeah. Still one of the things I hate most about some games when they get ported from console to PC is when they have the frames capped at like 30 or 60. Most of them are thankfully capped at 60 these days, but I still get the occasional game where in its programming it was capped at like 30 frames a second, and I'm just like, why would you do that to me? Whose man's is this? Whose man's is this? <laughs> Jesus. And then it's just like, the thing is, is like, at that point with, you know, resolutions reaching 4K, like, you know, there's some people who can't tell the difference. I, for one, like, can't really tell the difference half of the time when it comes to certain revolution, uh, resolutions. But, you know, I do agree that, you know, having something that looks better is sometimes better than having things that look like pixels. But oh, yeah. there comes to a point where it's like we're gonna have a we're gonna have games that basically don't look any different from real life. It's like at what point is there like no more room for graphical evolution? See, it's at the time where they think, oh yeah, there's no more room for graphical evolution that we start to get different technologies start to come in to improve graphics in one way, shape, or form. We're actually kind of going through this right now with the whole real-time ray tracing thing that, I'll be honest, I'm going to wait out a bit before I get behind it. Like, I knew the RTX uh, 20 series was going to be a shit show from the mm -hmm. get-go. So I'm like, I'm going to wait till at least Gen 2 on that because I remembered what happened with physics back in the day uh, with NVIDIA cards. So physics was a technology that NVIDIA was putting into place basically for handling the physics of a world through the graphics card uh, for better performance. And it originally was a shit show and now works really well. Like, unfortunately, at the end of the day, I'll be honest, NVIDIA, when it comes to gaming and a few other things on Windows, at least, has the superior graphics cards. Even if you can get the same frames per second right now with AMD, just because there are some other issues that, well, there are some software that I just at this point will not go without. And I would have to go without if I ever went AMD on my graphics card, such as RTX voice, like until AMD comes out with a good alternative to RTX voice. And I'll be honest, that's going to be hard to beat because RTX is still in fucking beta. Like, I, in fact, actually, I'm not even sure it was a beta release that I have installed. It might be an alpha release. But, like, right from the get-go, it worked as amazing as it did. And I was able, you know, like, as I mentioned to you, I've got to pull the same bullshit you did because I'm running a 10 series card. So, I, it's all running on the CUDA core fallback. I can't imagine how great it actually works if you actually have an RTX card. Gotcha. 
But yeah, as, as far as like say game graphics go, I would have actually, and you know the the YouTuber Ross got uh, Accursed Farms. He kind of opened my eyes to this. It's like I would have actually preferred if like some of these like graphical upgrades were being applied to some older games to make them look better. Because then even from like say a marketing standpoint, they could market, hey, you see this like really popular game that hasn't like been remastered? Well now with our uh software, you can make them look like they're brand new. Oh yeah, like I would actually like to see now theoretically if the game gets an update that allows for it there is some things that can be uh, placed on games to allow for it to get better clarity the only problem is for some of the very old games like the original half-life for example it doesn't have like the anti antistropic filtering and shit like that that you can apply with nvidia cards to make graphics look absolutely amazing on some older games mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that just that software just didn't exist back then, so it never got programmed into a lot of the older games, unfortunately. Like if well, my, my those thing things that, were to get modded that, in, that'd be great. Maybe as like a counterpoint though, I've seen like the Super Mario 64 HD like mod, and it's like they're still using like the six Super Mario 64 like basis. But they're making, they're like upgrading Mario's model. They're upgrading the, like the models in the game. I don't think it's truly impossible for a game like Half Life to have something like that. And in fact, like, I, isn't Black Mesa like that? Like, yes. Uh, now, Black Mesa is an HD remake of it. That honestly, love goes out to Valve because Valve did not make this. Do keep in mind, Valve, the makers of Steam, also made Half Life back in the day. And someone went and remade the original Half-Life. And it's like, can we sell this on Steam? And Valve was just like, sure, why not? Yeah. And to be fair, uh, I like it when like game companies do that as well. It's like they realize that these modders are like really talented. They're really good. Let's actually, you know, either bring them on our team or, you know, allow them to sell them on our market. Like, that's what um, Sega did with uh, Sonic Mania. They saw Christian Whitehead and his team. They saw how good of, like, him, a modder he was. So they let him work on the next big Sonic game. Did I ever tell you about one of my all-time favorite uh, products I've ever seen Sega release? I wouldn't use it in the modern era, but it was totes awesome of a concept back in the day. Sega actually made a graphics card for computers. Did I ever tell you about that, Chris? Oh no, that sounds that sounds amazing actually. So, I want to say it was back in the days of the Sega Genesis. Let me go ahead and double check that real quick. Because honestly, in terms of technology, I think Sega was really kind of forward thinking with a lot of their technology. Because it's like they, yeah, they had like the atoms, like the Sega CD and the uh, 32X, and those weren't really that good. But then it's like they had like a way to connect your console to the internet. They had a way to download like content from the internet to like have you play games like on your con uh, console from the internet. You know, they they just had a lot of cool things. 
It's just that nobody seems to remember them because they were either really niche services or they were, um, you know, they just weren't like bought because they were too expensive. And that's just really kind of the shame as to why Sega is no longer in the, uh, you know, hardware market. I feel like if they were allowed to keep going, they could have released some really good, really good uh, um, pieces of hardware. Okay. So there we go. There we go. Okay. I slightly misspoke. It wasn't the Genesis. It was the Sega Saturn console that the graphics yeah, was originally after. designed for. So... This GPU was the NV1, produced by NVIDIA. Now, do you uh, remember what was kind of special about the graphics for the Sega Saturn as opposed to PC graphics at the time, Chris? Uh, no, because I never really uh, had a Saturn. Or Okay. So, most of the time back in the day, PC... Uh, graphics card and a lot of graphics cards at the time were based on triangle based rendering it's why things look it's why link looked the way he did in n6 uh, on the n64 you know it's why tomb raider yeah. looked the way she did at the end of the day and stuff back pyramid then. boobs yeah pyramid boobs now so they use squares instead basically for this graphics card Along with uh, doing it for the Sega Saturn, they decided to also go ahead and ship it under a card known as the Diamond Edge 3D that not only included the graphics card, but a breakout card that supported Sega Saturn controllers, including one packed in and a few games on CD. Now, one of the interesting things to remember at this time as well Sega was also releasing most of their first-party games and shit on PC as well. So they weren't just limiting themselves to their consoles. They would release on PC. So wow, the idea behind this should have taken notes. Like, mind you, yeah, this is back in the days of the Sega Saturn. Like, seriously... Like, that was one of the biggest things that, like, like I really had to, like, slap myself in the forehead for when I heard, like, heard about, like, the history of Microsoft. Is that they basically squandered the PC market to release the Xbox and release games for, like, the Xbox and the 360. And it's just, like, you, you could have been dominating on both ends, but you decided to focus mainly on the console, which was still getting beat out by, like, the PlayStation at the time. Microsoft does a lot of dumb things. Like, I already told you earlier today about the stupidity of file transfers in Windows Explorer and how they know that multi-threading file transfers can be useful and they implement it in a command line interface instead of adding it as an aspect of dragging and dropping files in File Explorer. Like... It's one of those things where I find it kind of silly that I can literally take my laptop significantly less powerful than my desktop computer. If I'm using just a drag and drop method of transferring files, my laptop will do so faster just because Linux right off the bat supports multi-threading file transfers. So my laptop can transfer four files at once instead of one. Whereas 
if they did that for my desktop computer, it would automatically start transferring up to 16 files at a time if they were to just have it do it without fucking command line. Like, literally, multi-threaded file transfers are easier on Linux than on Windows, and everyone's always saying that Linux is the more complicated system to run. Well, yeah, I, like, I find that argument to be the same one about like the like the alphabetical keyboard or like that alternate style like keyboard where it's like, yeah, it's more complicated at first because you're not used to the system because you're used to Windows being stupid as it is. Oh, yeah. No. And plus, I'll be honest, Linux wasn't ready for the average day user back when I was young, like. There was a time where just outright Windows would have been easier to use. But these days, it's just not that case anymore. Like, outright, most versions of Linux these days come with basically an app store you can use for installing applications. Jeez. Hey, I'm like, don't get me wrong. Some, some of the... Uh, some of the Linux distros, like Arc Linux, gets a little bit complicated. And honestly, only people who are too full of themselves use standard Arc, in my opinion. I don't know, I'm just... Look, I don't use a computer to deal with the bullshit that you have to deal with Arc. Because do keep in mind, you have to manually do so much in Arc just to get it running... Whereas, you know, I use on my laptop, for example, and it, uh, di a distro based on Arc Linux called Manjaro, where it was a few clicks for me to go ahead and get Manjaro installed. Whereas with Arc Linux, I would literally have to deal with installing every little thing down to, like, allowing Ethernet to function via the command line first. Yeah, and I remember um, Ross Scott also bringing it up when it came to, like, talking about, like, you know, um, GUIs. And it's just like, yeah, Linux is cool and all, and there's a lot of stuff that's almost perfect, but then it's like a lot of it just ends up coming down to the command line. So the command line isn't as important in Linux as it used to be. Like, very little of the stuff that I do on my laptop require the command line for me to do. And one of those few things uh, that I was doing earlier today, actually, on my laptop that required me to use the command line was I was using SSH to get into a server I'm setting up on a Raspberry Pi. Like, that is a non-standard use case. That is not something your average Joe is going to wind up using a computer for. Like, most people will go through their whole life without ever having to SSH into something unless they're, like, working in a tech field. But, but kind of um, going back a bit, though, since we're entering territory where I'm, I'm honestly starting to get lost because I'm not a, like, a yeah. technology expert. Sorry. Um... As far as, like, consoles go, I think the PS4 was actually really good. I just think it wasn't, it wasn't, it's like, interesting as, like, the PS3 in a lot of aspects. Because, like, PS3, I think, had a lot of interesting, like, games for it. 
not to say there isn't interesting games on the PS4, but it's just like there's nothing as attention grabbing to the PS4 just because a lot of the games ended up kind of focusing on the graphics a little too much. Um, and then on top of that, I just find the PS3, the fact that you could have just played it without a subscription service to be like one of the most like awesome features compared to the PS4. Because I hate the Microsoft standard of you have to like pay for the online service. At least with PlayStation, the online service is stable compared to Nintendo. But it's just like, man, it sucks that Microsoft forced people to stoop to their level. Laughs in PC game. You know, now that I think of it, I totally forgot that is one of the things that got me jaded with the console side of things as well. Yeah, that you have to pay for every single console that you plan to play online. It's like, I... It's one of the things, you know, it's why I lost interest to an extent. Like, PS3, I don't know why, I just... I'm very much, I tend to be one of those skip-a-generation type persons for a lot of things. Like, only reason I own the phone that I have instead of the previous gen is literally my old phone broke on me and I needed a new one. So I bought a new one off Amazon. But in and terms wait, of the like switch say... Oh, good. I was no no go on. What were you gonna say? No, my my thing wasn't as important. You were asking about the switch. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the, you mentioned the switch network's capability tends to be a bit uh erratic. Oh, not just erratic, just flat out terrible. Like, granted, part of that is because people are trying to play online in tablet mode. And, yeah, that's why the online sucks for you guys. But it's just, like, even when you're consoled, like, you know, you just have the console, like, in the dock. And you have it hooked up to your TV. And you have it plugged into your, into your you know, power source. The online, like, fluctuates in connectivity so much that's, like, literally within the first, like, couple of weeks of, like, trying to play Smash Brothers... I disconnected at least twice, and all other games had at least some level of lag. Yeah. It's like, I, I would have expected Nintendo to have better on its servers for that, because, you know, sometimes with game with fighting game lag online, that's just up to the uh, game creator's servers and how they program their shit. I would have expected Nintendo, since it's the first party, to have done that right. Though I've heard... For Monster Hunter World, now that you've actually remind not Monster, yeah, I think it's Monster Hunter World, or it was another Monster Hunter game on the Switch. Apparently, one of the ways to solve like the complete network skipping that occurs on one of the Monster Hunter games, it's caused the issue is caused by if you have too many friends on your friends list. Wow. And, like, literally, I found this out, I'm trying to remember the name of the YouTuber off the top of my head, he's one of the people I follow, but, like, he's like, look, I know I have some of you, I had some of you as friends, and I had to delete some of you guys, it's nothing personal against you, I just mostly kept the names that I recognized, because, you know, 
we were probably friends from like a one-off playthrough on my stream at some point, but I needed it to run good so that way I can enjoy Monster Hunter. But like, the, that. So here's the thing, and it's like even with an Ethernet cable, the Switch's online is not stable. Um, like literally, if you want to, if you want a prime example of like smash internet you know not being stable i'd recommend watching uh critical's uh uh the quarantine series because he had a bunch of people play smack like in a smack brothers tournament online and one of the requirements is that they had to have an ethernet cable and stream it and you know that like you know show that they had an ethernet cord or an ethernet setup and games were still lagging like nothing else like i think the finalists one of them was Sonic, who doesn't do like that well in tournaments typically, but does well in online settings because online is just that laggy. Like that's how bad it is. Well, are you looking that up now? No, no, no. There's a couple of ads being shown to me on the Reddit page I was looking at, and I'm confused by the phrasing of the ads. What do you got? It's three ads, side by side. Jim John's Gourmet Sandwiches, $200,000. Pizza Factory, $90,000. Take Five Oil Change, $2,300,000. And I'm like... What? I don't get the ad. What are you advertising to me? What? It's literally just articles about how much the fucking franchises are worth, apparently. That's supposed to mean something to us? Like, yeah, these are popular franchises. They're popular for a reason, because they're good at marketing. And people buy their stuff. Like, that's what I never get about, like, some of these people. It's like, oh, I, I don't support, like, these, like, you know, companies like, say, McDonald's because, you know, they make so much money. Yeah, they make so much money because they're good at advertising and they appeal to the common consumer. So you're just a hipster. Look, I don't support McDonald's because I think their food kind of sucks. And granted, I'm not the biggest fan of McDonald's either. But the thing is, is that it like for me, McDonald's is just kind of at least decent enough to where it's like if I need something quick to eat, you know, I'll go ahead and eat McDonald's. Um, if I want something with a little more flavor, I have other options. But it's just like I don't turn my nose if someone says, hey, do you mind yeah. if I grab you something from McDonald's? I'm not going to I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I won't turn my nose up at McDonald's. But at the end of the day, if they're, unless I'm needing food, like, right then and there. And that's where McDonald's has you at some point. Because do keep in mind, like, you know, I take public... There's a McDonald's in, like, every corner. Yeah, there's a McDonald's in every corner, and I take public transit. Like, one of the big things about it is they're also in a lot of Walmart. So, for people that take public transit, if you wind up needing food while you're doing your grocery run could just be that mcdonald's is what you wind up eating because i can straight to tell you i'm one of those people i will forget if i leave the house in the morning 
Biggest thing is I don't eat in the morning. So if grocery runs or whatever I'm doing the day takes me out late enough, I'll probably wind up getting fast food. And sometimes there's just not a convenient, better fast food option. Because at the end of the day, almost every fast food option is better than McDonald's, at least from my perspective. At least yeah. when it comes to burgers. Like, and Well, here's the thing. Big Macs, no, just don't even bother. They put too much lettuce on those things. But I think just a single cheeseburger, like just, you know, cheese, ketchup, t uh, tomatoes. I think that's actually more than enough than what you need from McDonald's. It's just simple enough. It tastes, yeah. you know, good. The McDouble's about the only thing I eat from McDonald's and like their fries. And on occasion, I might get a milkshake if I'm getting something from there. Like, at the okay. end of the day, the McDouble's really the only burger that I eat from them. Well, the hear only thing out. I... Like, hear me out on this one. Next time you go to McDonald's, and let's just say you go on a whim, or even if you just go because I tell you. um, Get a two-cheeseburger meal. Like, just two cheeseburgers, a fries, and then whatever drink you want. You mean hear a me number out. 20? Like, yeah, whatever it is. I think it's like for me, it's like number 10. But it's just like, give one of those because honestly, I think that's one of the most satisfying meals you can actually ever get from McDonald's. And it's just simple. That's the thing. Oh, like, yeah. McDonald's is actually simple, and that's why they're so popular. Now, I'll be honest. The one thing that I wish that they'd improve on is I swear, it seems like the employees will be fired. If the number of pickles are that are on your burger are not exactly two. You ask for extra pickles. They give you two pickles. You ask for not as many pickles. They give you two pickles. You ask for as many pickles as they can give without getting fired. They still give you two pickles. And then when you ask for no pickles, you still get two pickles. That has literally been my experience with McDonald's and pickles. You know why they did that? Because Bubble Bass came by and uh, he basically put the fry cook on blast for uh, uh, not putting the pickles on when really he was hiding it under his tongue. Who? It's, it's a Spongebob joke. Oh. Okay. It's, uh, it's the episode Forgot the Pickles or whatever oh, it was called. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like You had me totally confused there for a moment. It's what I do. But yeah, like, and that's kind of the thing when it comes to fast food, though, is just like, it really depends on what you're going for at the moment. Because like, sometimes I feel just fine enough getting the two, bur uh, two burgers from like McDonald's. Sometimes I do want a little bit more like sauce in my burger. And that's why I actually end up going to Burger King sometimes. Because yeah, the patty itself is not that great. But they just have something in the sauce that actually tastes really good. Then they sell a splurge, um, uh, surge, which is the only place I can actually find surge. Surge. Yeah, it's a it's like a lemon lime soda that's uh, different from Sprite. Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Emilio Moore. Sorry about that. Don't quite speak Spanish, so I had to kind of put that through Google Translate. But. Uh... I think in terms of, say, uh, bur like burger places that I think are the best, like, it would go Shake Shack, then Five Guys, 
then um, uh, Smashburger, then Wendy's. Never been to Shake Shack. I would probably have to say mine is Fat Boys, followed by Five Guys, followed by In and Out. In and Out would probably be too. Come on. In and Out. Who would be after In and Out? I'd probably say from there, Jack in the Box, Del Taco. No, Burger King. No, Carl's Jr., then Burger King, then Del Taco, then McDonald's. I gotta take you to Shake Shack. I, I, I gotta take you to Shake Shack. That's yeah. gonna change your life. I have never been to Shake Shack. Like, let me put you this way. The best thing you can order from, at least in my opinion, the best thing you can order from Shake Shack is um, the burger they have with peppers on it. It's not too spicy. It's just, you know, got a little kick to it. Um, An order of fries. Get some ketchup if you prefer or whatever condiment you really prefer. It could be mustard, ketchup, whatever. Uh, And then get um, either a chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry shake. I think that is probably the best thing you can ever order from a fast food place just because of the quality of everything that they give. I think their fries are beef here at best, but the thing is, is that, you know, it's more supposed to be a filler before you actually eat the burger. So, you know, you don't want your fries to take away from the actual taste of the burger, which is what a lot of fast food places do. I know that feeling all too well, Emilio. I wind up on streams like that all the time. And yeah, it's like, I'll definitely have to try uh, Shake Shack. I've heard good things about them. I think I've taken you to Fat Boys. I'm not sure, though. You've taken me to Fat Boys, or, yeah. And it was actually really good. I will say that. It's just that I need to go to it more before I get a solid opinion on it. Which, again... We should we should probably just hang out in person more. Like I can take you to Shake Shack. We can order some food. You know, bomb time. Um, but as far as it goes, um, we both agree on Five Guys at that point. Five Guys is just quality all around. And honestly, one of my favorite things is that they don't nickel and dime you for extra specialized toppings at the end of the day. Like you, yeah, because all the toppings like cost the same, right? Yeah, all the time, you know, it's the same price, and that's one of the things I love, because sometimes I just want a burger that has sautéed mushrooms and A1 sauce on it. And thank you for the comment, Emilio. Uh, comment, uh, words, words, uh. Com- yeah, no, no, I'm Yeah, five guys Comment's not the right word, uh. Compliment. compliment. Thank you for the compliment, Emilio. Yeah, Five Guys can be expensive. That's that's, kind of their downfall. But you're paying for quality. That's the thing. I think when it comes to, say, price, when you're paying for quality, I don't think it matters as much. Um, And And I'll, I'll be honest, they're not too much more expensive than I might uh, pay at, like, a rallies or anything like that. Like, once you get above McDonald's and Burger King tier fast food, it starts to approach Five Guys cost-wise. Like, you know, if you go to an In-N-Out, kind of somewhat similar in cost, not quite as expensive, but... And that's why I did put Smash Burger below, um, 
five guys in that case because Smash Burger is good. I think they have like really good seasoning for like a lot of their food, but it's just that I feel like the cost almost doesn't offset that um, because they can be pretty pricey too. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you might be getting a little bit of quality, but it's just like, it's not as good as five guys. Not to mention at five guys, at least if you're eating in, you get to sit there and grab a shit ton of peanuts to eat while you're waiting for your food. And I love peanuts and peanut-based products. Oh, I bet you do. You remember back when, uh, long before COVID, when I was still working in the office? Uh, yeah, we're talking about food, Emilio. All kinds of fast food and stuff. Remember back when I was in the office and, like, I was having a debate with management about whether or not a jar of peanut butter is allowed on the floor because the TSA considers peanut butter a liquid. Oh, boy. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's why I've never... I think that crap like that is why I never got promoted. <laughs> but, but then it's like for my number four... Or number, yeah, four choice. Uh, Wendy's... I think out of the more mass-produced chains, because it's definitely more mass-produced than, say, In-N-Out, I think that one's actually the best in terms of price to actual quality. Because, don't get me wrong, Carl's Jr., I think, has more quality than Wendy's. But it's those burgers are so expensive. Yeah. Uh, give me just one second, Chris. I'm going to uh, be prepping something... Well, go ahead. Can you talking? I'm going to be prepping a couple of things on my laptop for setting up like a fast food tier list for us to go ahead and discuss. <laughs> like, I know this is long past when those were big and popular. So. I mean, I um, still think they were. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's like, as far as Wendy's goes. I think a lot of their food is still like really good for the price you have you're paying. It's definitely not gonna be out like Smash Burger or Five Guys and definitely not Shake Shack in my opinion. But it's like their food is really their meat is like the meat patties are actually really good. You know, people like I don't know a single person who rags on like the square patties. I have seen like Wendy's like roast posts about that, but Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're just kind of standard. Okay. Now, Emilio wants to see where we would rate Taco Bell. So let's start with there, because I've got the fast food tier list popping up onto the screen now. So Taco Bell, I would personally put that in A tier, because... Price-wise, you get a lot of food. Like you can you can bring five dollars to that and leave with like enough meat, like food to like fill yourself for the entire day. That being okay. said, I don't think they are as good as even Del Taco because Del Taco I think actually tastes better. You know, unpopular opinion. I agree with you but... on that. And 
I'll be honest. How is it that a taco place is one of the few fast food restaurants that serve crinkle cut fries? Like, what hell? Yeah, seriously. That's actually a really good question. Like, um, and so just check. You do know that A tier here is going to be like the mid tier thing, right? Okay. Yeah, it's like A tier so, is basically like they're good and they're worth going on their own, but there are better places. So, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. I would say they're a step above Taco Bell because I like that. I think they've got higher quality than Taco Bell. I would say they are an A plus, but not an S, just because of the price not matching up to the full quality of the food. Okay, so kind of split the A and do an A plus and an A minus. What about yeah? In I would put Taco Where... Bell. Uh, yeah, put Taco Bell towards like the middle of A, and then put like uh, Carl's Jr. in like front of it. Okay. In and out, so... I would actually put an S tier. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. S tier for now. Pizza Hut. They have a limited menu. In and Out has a limited menu, but what they have on that menu is really good. It's just you know you can only pretty much have like two variety like things in in terms of variety. Oh yeah. So Pizza Hut. I'm okay, honestly, honestly, I'd say B tier. Honestly, honestly, when it comes to pizza places, um. The only one I'm the most familiar with is Domino's because the thing is, it's like you have to be in kind of a certain mood to have pizza. Um, and most pizza places for me are either like B or A just because it's like, you know, it's quick and easy. It's like my, my uh, big thing is like a lot of the pizza, a lot of the pizza fast food places are not mm -hmm. going to get to A tier for me just because, yeah. you know, once again. You, when you and uh, Austin came over for New Year's, like, you saw that, you know, I was testing out a new place at the time, but, you know, the price I expect to pay for a pizza is going to be more expensive than what you'd pay at one of these places, but the quality is greater. Mm -hmm. So which would you say is better, in your opinion, Domino's or, Domino's or Pizza Hut? Because I have not had those in quite a long time. The thing is, is that I can't remember the taste of a Pizza Hut pizza, but I can remember the taste of a Domino's pizza. And and mainly this came from when I used to work back at this um, company where they did parking for like, you know, special events at the, uh, the arena that we have. And honestly, Domino's is always at least a safe pick. And I would say it is at least A tier, at least like the very bottom of A tier, because they are a little salty, but the sauce and cheese is actually really good. Even when cold and reheated, it's really good. And honestly, I just think it's like a really solid pick. It's like if you have to go with a chain pizza place, Domino's honestly isn't a bad decision. Oh, yeah. Now, let's go ahead and talk Little Caesars. Again, I can't remember any other pizza place. Like I said, oh, yeah. most pizza places for me are B tier. So I'll I'll be honest with you at that. Little Caesars is probably gonna get play. I'd probably place it in C tier because how do I put this? They're they're like the McDonald's of pizza places. They're good because when you need something super quick, 
and super simple. Like, if you need to feed a feed a bunch of people a game night and you've only got five bucks in your five or ten bucks in your pocket, you go to Little Caesars for their hot and ready five dollar pizzas. But you're really getting what you're paying mm-hmm. for there. You're paying for cardboard with a little bit of cheese, some tomato sauce on it, and maybe a little Are you bit sure of- you're not talking about lunchables? Lunchables would probably uh, lead to a higher quality rating. <laughs> okay, now how about the colonel himself for some Kentucky Fried Chicken? C-tier. Did you say C-tier or B-tier? C-tier. That, that one I could agree with. Because here's the thing with KFC. How do they make chicken that is both dry and slimy at the same time? How about Sabaros? Like, Sabaros. I don't even think I've had a Sabaros. Sabaro is like the epitome of mall uh, pizza places. Mall I'd probably pizza. place it in B tier with the rest of them. Yeah, I would say the same. Now, where would you place Sonic? Okay, so this one's tricky for me because they're the only um, fast food place that really actually sells hot dogs. Their burgers are actually not that good, but they're they have like a really good chili cheese coney. I would say they're in the upper area of B tier because you don't go out of your way for Sonic. But if someone suggests, hey, I want some like Sonic and you just agree because you're not going to be that disappointed. I don't like their ice cream. I think their slushes are better, but I'd say they're a solid like upper B tier. Okay. See, that I can definitely agree with you on. Sonic is good when it is, and I'll be honest, they're better than, uh, what's the other place that does hot dogs? Windshells? Yeah. I don't like what, like, Windshells, you go for the same exact reason you'd go to McDonald's, because you can get a chili dog for, like, a buck, but Mm. I can make a better chili dog at home easily and in a few minutes. And, like, that, yeah. that is the thing that frustrates me most. It's like, if I'm going to be spending money for somebody else to cook me a chili dog, the chili dog better not be fucking boiled. Because I can taste the difference yeah. between a pan-cooked, barbecued, and boiled hot dog. I'm not going to pay yeah. someone to boil a hot I don't even think Winchell's uh, came stock on that list. So we might actually f- have to find a logo for Winchell's and add them in later. Just because I think we're in a, in pretty good agreement on wind shells. Yeah. What so, about Popeyes? Uh, I see oh. Popeyes. Um, okay, he, he, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't actually had Popeyes until recently, and when I've had Popeyes, they've actually been really good. I would need to eat more of them to put them in S tier probably. But for now, I would say they're on the same level of Carl's Jr. of high A tier right now. Um, if you want to put them in S tier, that's fine. I would probably say maybe lower S tier. But yeah, I would say they're definitely good. I'd definitely put them in probably about A tier. Because here's the thing. I don't think I've tried a chicken-focused fast food restaurant that is... A tier, 
But at the same time, I have a preference of beef over chicken. So that's probably that's a little bit biased in my side. And that's fair. I mean, everyone has their own different tastes, but it's just like um, maybe a lot of this, let's I feel like I'm probably going to be the one to answer for most of these, but just based off of that Domino's choice. But now McDonald's, where do you think that one would place lower B or C tier? I would say McDonald's is at least a mid B, but just for the fact that they are the easiest chain to go to mid B as in Bravo. Yeah. Because the thing thing is is that with McDonald's is that, yeah, they are the most common chain, but they're the most common chain for the, for, you know, the reason you're thinking of. And by that measure, I would actually put Burger King also in mid B, maybe slightly above McDonald's just because they have like uh, more flavorful burgers, but they fill the same role. They're not meant to be, you know, we really want to go to Burger King. They're supposed to be, hey, I'm hungry on a Saturday night. I don't want to make any food. I don't want to go out to someplace expensive. I just want a burger and fries. You know, now that I think about it, that is one of the things I like about where I live. If it's a quick place to go out and get a bite to eat, I'm so glad that I've got some of the higher quality restaurants around the corner and not McDonald's. Now that I think about it, because speaking of those, Checkers is actually one of the places around the corner from my place. Have you had Checkers or Rallies before? No, and this one you might have to fill me in on. Okay. So, they kind of fall into a similar category of, like, the Carl's Juniors and the In-N-Outs, where they're a bit more expensive, but you get higher quality food. I'd rate them closer to a Carl's Jr. than I would In-N-Out, just because I don't like their burgers quite as much as I like In-N-Out. But they also do give you copious amounts of fries, like Five Guys do. But Five Guys definitely has superior fries over them. Gotcha. Now, speaking of Five Guys, where would what do you think? S tier for Five Guys or S plus? That is actually the tricky part for Five Guys. Because Five Guys is good, don't get me wrong. I would say they are the top of S tier, but not S plus. Okay. What about... Because... Go on. Sorry. And and it's just because, you know, for construct your own burger place, it is really good. But in terms of pricing, it can be really pricey. And if you're not into peanuts, then it's pretty much pointless. But But even in that case, yeah. That's fair. I am pretty heavily into peanuts. With that in mind, how about Arby's? What are your thoughts on them? Okay, unpopular opinion, because I've only had Arby's a couple of times. I think Arby's is at least B tier. And a lot of people say Arby's is the worst. Bear in mind, they're probably just thinking of the roast beef sandwich. I myself am not a fan of roast beef, but I had their Italian sandwich and not going to lie. It's not going to beat out like a legit Italian sandwich from say like uh, Capriati's. But if you, if you need like, you know, just a quick Italian sandwich, it fills the same role as Burger King. I feel it goes into B, but if you have a preference for A, I would definitely go with that since you probably have more experience than I do. 
So I'd probably place them in A. And this is mm -hmm. purely because I think they're a bit higher quality than a lot of the things that we stuff into B tier. Along yeah. with that, you know, once again, if you get their basic, you know, if you get their uh, basic sandwich, you're going to run into issues of you're getting a cheap basic sandwich. However, they're one of the only fast food restaurants I know of that serve like a French dip uh, sandwich. And their French dip sandwich is actually pretty fucking good. Like, I, so right now I'd actually place them like above Taco Bell because everything Taco Bell and lower, I have never once gone out of my way for. However, I have gone out of my way for Arby's. And I think like that's probably where Arby's is going to fall on center for me is mm -hmm. a question of whether or not I've ever gone out of my way like i've actually gone out specifically looking for that restaurant to eat from also you know, in the I'm... chat i mean says uh not a fan of roast beef you bastard hey the roast beef sandwiches are good but you know it is their basic tier menu item and i'm just always a big fan of french dips and unfortunately that sandwich isn't available everywhere as it should be in my opinion and here's one that I might have a controversial opinion on, but I want to hear yours. White Castle. Okay. The only experience I have from White Castle are microwave burgers, so I have no opinion on them. I do not like White Castle. Like, I've actually gone out to the White Castle in Vegas and got things fresh. I thought, you know what? Maybe the uh, reason I don't like White Castle is it's always been, like, reheated in a microwave or microwave directly. No, I just don't like whatever it is they do with their burgers. Fair enough. How about like Jack in the Box? No. Okay, you you might hate me for this one, but I used to like Jack in the Box, but then I don't know what it is. Everything they have is like too greasy. I would have put them in C tier, probably in upper C because. At least sometimes they can still taste good, but I can't enjoy them anymore. You know what? That's fair. They do tend to be pretty greasy in a lot of things. I will on occasion stop by a jack-in-the-box on its way. I can kind of agree with you on like C tier to lower B tier, somewhere in there. But it's definitely not one that I'd tip, you know, once again. If I was going to go out for a burger, and I'm thinking, I want a good burger. Jack in the Box is rarely going to be one of those places that come up in my mind. It's going to more likely to be, like, your Carl's Jr. and Checkers. Like, typically, things don't make it to A tier unless I actually go out of my way for them. Or the price is cheap yeah. enough that if I'm feeding enough people, like... That's the reason Taco Bell is on the A tier. Because if I need to feed a crap ton of people, it's the best way to do so. Well, that and Taco Bell price. is cheap. Taco Bell is cheap and it tastes good still. Not to mention, unlike McDonald's, when I say, hey, give me as much of blank as you guys can, they will like, like usually it's with their taco sauces. They will literally, like, take a gro a decent-sized bag, fill it with taco sauce, and hand it out. 
and then I'll have like taco oh, so you're sauce. That person. Yeah. Yes, I am that person that when I'm going through the ride through I ask for a crap ton of taco bell adult sauce. Because I will like sit there and I will put it in my lunch bag for work and stuff. Now, how about A and W? Okay. Um, with A and W, do you count them also as Long John Silvers? I would say, for the sake of this, yes. And I'm gonna let you be the deciding factor on this, because to put it into perspective, last time I had A and W or Long John Silvers, Bush was in office, so it's been way too long for me to make a decision on that. Okay. Here's the thing. That's basically the same for me. However, the we went to Long John Silver's twice. The fish is all right, I guess. But what really seals the fate... Uh, where are you going, Carl? I'm back. Okay. Um, what really kind of seals the fate of A&W Long John Silver's is the fact that the time that I had them, you know, I was really big into root beer. That was my favorite soda. For some reason, their uh, root beer, which bear in mind, A&W was my favorite root beer at the time, their A&W root beer tasted like motor oil. So it might just be battle scars from that, but I can't put A&W's Long John Silver's any higher than C. Okay. It was so gonna... scarring that I never wanted to try them again. Now, I'm going to leave this one for you, because as controversial as this sentence is going to be, I ain't never had Chipotle. So go. Ooh. Okay. Chipotle is a weird thing. Here's the thing with Chipotle. Everything tastes the same. Like, I'm not even going to lie. If you get the steak or chicken, like, bowl, they both taste the same. However, that being said, I would still say that they are A-tier because what you are tasting is still really good. Granted, I think their guacamole needs some improvement, but I do think that they are A-tier just because what you're getting is actually pretty tasty. Uh, even if it tastes the same, at least it's consistent, depending on what sort of proteins you want to get. Uh, it is healthier, but I don't think it creeps into S tier. In fact, I think it's probably, I would consider it lower A tier, like an A minus. Just because, you know, there's not much variety, but I would go out of my way to buy Chipotle. Okay. I can accept that. So, you mentioned it would be A tier. Would you say above or below Taco Bell? Oh, definitely below Taco Bell. Okay. So, next up is Wendy's. Would this Wendy's. go above or below? Would this be above Carl's Jr. or below Carl's Jr. in your thought process? Well, for me, Wendy's would be above. But I think the deciding factor... Now, have you had Wendy's? I have had Wendy's. Okay. So my thing is that I think what seals the fate for Wendy's is whether or not I consider them mid S or S minus. 
Because if I consider them S minus, I could deal with them being put in A, like below Carl Jr. But Wendy's is, like I said, the chain fast food place that I would go to on a consistent basis. But I would say they are S minus just because they are the chain one. No, wait a minute. If I put them, then actually I would put In and Out probably an S minus, and then Wendy's. No, I. I mean, you have an opinion about In and Out. Um. Yeah, I would say maybe for this list because it's our collaborative, maybe put it below Carl Jr. because I can't agree with the quality of Carl Jr. even if I don't agree on the price. Yeah. So maybe what we can do is because honestly, I do like Wendy's. And I am more likely to think, let's go to Wendy's than let's go to Carl's Jr. Just because where Carl's Jr. might have some higher quality items, Wendy's tends to be better budget-wise. And Wendy's has a larger breadth of items available. In my experience, at least. Because, you know, you get more varieties of potatoes. Whereas, like, I think think the only thing worth ordering for potato wise from Carl's Jr. is like the fries and their hash browns and mm-hmm. like they're honestly Carl's Jr. would be up higher on the list if they made better biscuits and gravy I'm kind of disappointed in their biscuits and gravy and granted Wendy's actually do uh, does have pretty good cookies not gonna lie oh yeah now you know what the hell most southern grill is because I ain't never heard of that uh, what was that? Moe's Southwest Grill. And no, I'm gonna tell you for the sake of this list, uh, Moe's, uh, Culver's, uh, Padoba, Nathan's, and Charlie's, and Tim Hortons. I have never had. Oh, and Shake and Steak. I've never okay, had any of those. Good, because I've never had any of those either. Okay, so what about Whataburger? You've had that? Okay, this is where I'm going to shine. Uh, Whataburger is S+. Okay, I've never had Whataburger. I'm going to trust you on this one. Go ahead and state your reasons. So for one, um, okay, do a favor for me, uh, Carl, real quick. Take your headset and show me, like, show it on camera, like the circular part of it. Can you see it? Hold on, there's a bit of delay in the uh, stream. Yeah. Um. So you see how big your uh, headset size is right there? Yeah. A Whataburger patty is slightly larger than that. One second, I'll be right back. I have to take this call real quick. Blah, 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 blah. Oh man, and just when I was about to uh, gush about uh, Whataburger. No, Fryman, no, this isn't going to be your personal feed stream. Yeah, as far as what I'm looking at, so far. Uh, just kind of so far on the uh, in the tier list. 
probably the only one I don't really agree with being at where it's at. Probably would just be the uh, Sparrows, but yeah. Sorry about that. Garage door opener wasn't working uh, real quick, so I had to go get that fixed. Okay. Right, now, it is getting late enough that I do got to start up on food shortly. So let's go ahead, finish through the last restaurants that are here. So, Jersey yeah, so Mike's. Whataburger. Uh, uh, yeah, Whataburger. So, the burger patties are slightly bigger than the, uh, like the circular part of your headset. And not only that, since they, the one that I went to is in Texas, and all Texas, like, burgers are being, like, done, like, they're all, like, taken from the farms, like, straight up. Those burgers are super delicious. Their milkshakes are great. Their french fries are, like, crisp, and they, they just have a nice taste to them. That's why I put them in S+. They're a personal favorite of mine. You can't get them in Las Vegas. I wish you could, but, you know. Yeah, but it's right. okay, I'm done huh? pleading my case. Okay. So, what about Jersey B? Mike's? I would. No. Yeah, Jersey well, Mike's. I would put them in B tier. They're a solid sandwich place. Um, not much to really say. They're just good. Subway. Subway C tier. That's just... fair. I legit. Only reason I go to them. Is they're right around the corner, and I sometimes get coupons in the mail. Like, they're not really worth going out of your way for anymore. Yeah, no, no. Once again, they're literally right around the corner. They have a drive through right around the mm -hmm. corner from me, and they give us coupons in the mail. That's literally the only reason I really go to Subway. Okay, um... Jimmy John's, uh, B tier also. Probably the same same as Jersey Mike's, really. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. I would put them in S tier, lower S tier, but S tier nonetheless. Their sauce is really good, and I like their chicken. Below or above Wendy's? Below. Okay. Now, where would you place Panda Express? Um... Lower B tier. I mean, as a Chinese place, you know, it's good just to kind of get quick, but I wouldn't say they're even worth it compared to McDonald's. Yeah. And he here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, unless you're literally sitting in a mall doing shopping, Panda Express really is the only fast food Asian place out there. Yeah. Like minus like, I think, I think Del Taco. No, no, it's Jack in the Box that does the teriyaki bowl. Like, which is Jack weird. in the Box is just a smorgasbord of literally everything. You which is probably why their quality is not that good because they try to focus on too many like things. Oh no, they do tacos and teriyaki bowls as well, huh? Uh, with that in mind, Dairy Queen. C tier, probably below Jack in the Box, but above, above Subway. Um, ice cream is really hard to talk about because you can only handle so much. And even then, Dairy Queen, I don't think is even that good. Okay, and where would you rate Dunkin' Donuts? Okay, first off, why is it on this list? This is a fast food <laughs> place, this is a coffee joint. But, <laughs> like, I... with that... 
With that in mind, I would say they are uh, upper B tier, probably below Sonic, but above uh, the sandwich places. Okay. Uh, and Quiznos. Quiznos, I would even put below Little Caesars. Like their only interesting thing was that they were they were the only place to like toast their sandwiches, and they don't even have that anymore. Oh yeah, and I'll be entirely honest, I'm legit surprised at like what things were chosen and what things were not chosen to wind up on this like basic fast food tier list. Like, why if you're gonna bring in donut shops? Did you only mention Dunkin' Donuts? Like, yeah, not even their big competitor, Krispy Kreme. Which, honestly, Krispy Kreme, I would put below Dunkin' Donuts, but... Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're superior to Dunkin' Donuts, but literally Dunkin' Donuts is the only one that serves that particular category of food, you know, that's in its solo category outside of Panda Express. Now, the Any... only one that I don't see on this list that I would have also put on this list was, of course, um... um uh, Shake Shack, and of course that would be an S plus tier. Um, granted, S plus tier is just my personal favorites. You know, we can't really test with Waterburger because they're not in Las Vegas. We would probably have to go out of our way to like Arizona in order to get that. But for Shake Shack, I'm gonna bring you along at some point to Shake Shack because that is honestly just one of the most delicious like fast food burger places I've ever had. Oh yeah. Anyways. For now, that's going to have to be an end of the stream because I do have to go ahead, make some dinner for me and my girlfriend. You have a great day, Chris, and I'll speak to you again in a bit. All right, yeah, have a good one.